minister. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31. And the Bible reads, For this reason, man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become... Well, now, what does your Bible say right there? One flesh. What, what does it say? One, One flesh. flesh. And Paul writes, This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each one of you in particular, uh, husbands, so love his own wife. Mm -hmm. Love his own wife as himself. And, by the way, wives, let the wife see uh, that she respect her husband. Now, is that in the Bible? Yeah. Is that the word of God? Amen. All right. All right. First Peter chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Uh, reading from the New King James Version. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Hmm. Without a word. Lord, that's hard, isn't it, ladies? You may, be, you may be seated at this time. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. Uh, you may be seated too, Pastor Sharon. Okay. All right. Real good. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, Minister Herb, Sister Kim, we're going to start every service out with a question. Many of you all have gone online. Mm -hmm. You submitted your questions. And every Sunday we'll start with a question. Sister Donette, I want you to get ready and get the mic. Get a mic ready. I'm going to ask you to come in a moment and just say something about the singles. And, you know, we're not the singles we were 20 years ago when we started the church, 25 years ago, 25 years ago everybody was under 30 and half most of the church was single at that time but now things have changed the dynamics the the, the dna the nucleus has changed and from what i'm hearing not everybody wants to be married now from what i'm hearing that people are content and satisfied and sanctified in their single life and i don't know how to relate to that so we've asked donette to put a team together she's going to share some things in a moment uh let me encourage every one of you on today the, the importance and the uh severity of why we're here there's no doubt that this global uh global covid 19 pandemic and economic downturn has had its effects on not only marriages but on all type of family relationships in our homes and in our communities there's there's a lot of uncertainty still there still is there's a lot of uh, unknown and and for many people there's still a lot of unresolved um that brings this share of anxiety stress worry uh even listen to the best and the most mature of our marriage and uh families my concern our concern, I would say, is that there's a toxic combination, I'm just going to call it a tsunami, that we're really at the brink of. Uh, you've got the aftermath 12 months ago of the social unrest, the social injustices, all the things our eyes have seen, our children have seen, right? To add, you, you deal with, with, with the, the, the economic impact of our country. Uh, you add a whole lot of other things. And, and listen, and this is a sidebar, this is not on the notes. I, I can't remember winter being so long and so cold. And maybe it's me. I don't know. But it seemed like the minute Jan uh, November hit, it has just been one long, cold, rainy winter. And it has not stopped. So you, you, you throw in a whole bunch of quarantine stuff. Folks start getting cabin fever. People start getting stressed yep. out. And there's just a lot happening. Here's a quote I want you to listen to. Marriages stressed by economic uncertainties have also been more likely to be disrupted. When financial pressures are high, Husbands and wives treat each other more negatively. Yeah. They quarrel more. They yep. feel increasingly distant. Thoughts of divorce now become more common. The question this morning of the, of the day from the, the online chat was, what advice, Pastor Sharon, would you give, or what advice would be given in handling a heated discussion? What are the do's and the don'ts of fighting fair? And of course, not physical. Pastor Sharon? What are the, well, the Bible says the soft answer turns away wrath, right? That's what the Bible says. So a heated discussion, how you open your mouth and what comes out, that, that, that's how it goes, okay? That's what we strive to live by. <laughs> um, let me read that question again. <laughs> what advice would be given in handling a heated discussion, the do's and don'ts of fighting fair, not physical? Again, asking God to say, Lord, help me before this comes out my mouth to watch how it comes across. 
Because you may be speaking the truth, but is it in love? And the Bible says speak the truth in love. And I've observed in 28 years of marriage that how my tone is goes, uh, it, it can shift the atmosphere. It can, it can cause an explosion. A big explosion. Big explosion. Yeah. Is how I say it. Is how I say it. And that goes back to the respect part. We're going to give you five areas that shows disrespect. Five areas that this major cause of disrespect. Some of y'all may not know that you're being disrespectful, but how we come across, that's a major way uh, not to make a discussion escalate in your marriage. And before my wife gives this next part, mm -hmm. we've always been unashamed and unapologetic and narrowing down to the African-American perspective. Not right. that we're biased, not that we're trying to be by any means divisive, but I just think sometimes there's just some things in our world that others may not have to deal with. And so with that being said, amen. Yeah, but I want to interject it because even when you said the African-American narrative, and I know you said Sharon don't talk much. I didn't um, say, why would you say that? Maybe I just get, you know, carried away because I'm not used to being up here. But, um, <laughs> but Ella Redmond, will you make sure the car started? Just make sure the car started. <laughs> it, it's not going to be a long sermon today, I can tell already. All right. No, but one thing that you've said over and over in our marriage is a lot of times, particularly African-American culture and maybe in other cultures, but a man don't like to be talked to like a boy or, or condescending tone. So when you made that point to African-American community, that's huge. Don't talk to me like I'm a child. So that, that's all I want to bring out. All right. Okay, my next point. <laughs> okay, today's African-American family. African-Americans have the lowest marriage rate of any racial group in the U.S. African-American women are the least likely in our society to marry. Wow. African-Americans are the most uncoupled people in the country. Can y'all believe this? Uh, they reveal the same ongoing depressing things. Social chaos, irresponsible spending in our community, economic stagnation, dis disproportionate death and in incarceration rates. No matter what the category, blacks statistically trail behind whites and other ethnicities. And in some areas, such as educational achievement and overall life expectancy, our numbers are actually getting worse. Uh, by Tom Barrow's brainwash, call, uh, Tom Barrow's brainwash challenging the myth of black inferiority. And again, just to reiterate, unashamedly, uh, we just believe that uh, you draw a target and you deal yes. with it. You can't fix what you're not willing to face. And uh, that is, I hope, one of the calling cards of our particular ministry. And uh, until the Lord says different, that is our, our, our motive and our op motive operandi. We have a video we wanted to show. Again, the video is not the most ethnic video in the world, but it's something that speaks to this COVID-19 season. And so after the video, we'll continue on in the message. Amen. partnership, but now, a year since the pandemic began, sadly many relationships have reached a breaking point. And Denver 7's Nicole Brady joins us this morning with some expert advice to help get through this time. Yes, unfortunately, family law offices are very busy right now. One attorney I spoke with is expecting that 2021 will see a spike in divorce filings. Interestingly, the very beginning of the pandemic may not have been the worst time for marriages, or it may have been that couples were hesitant about the financial impact of a divorce. Uh, because in the fiscal year that ended in June last year, divorce filings were down 9% from the year before. But in the months since, Rich Harris of the Harris Law Firm tells me they have had many more calls. We've seen a huge spike. I think that what has happened is that as the pandemic wore on, um, some of those stressors just reached a breaking point. And we've been sadly incredibly busy with new calls for for divorce, for domestic violence issues, for child abuse issues. Uh, scary stuff there. Harris says it's important to try and settle issues out of court right now because family courts are so backed up and they're not doing any in-person hearings for the most part. He recommends using a mediator. He also says if the pandemic has brought specific struggles that you think maybe were just unique to the pandemic and you think you can work through, look into marriage counseling. If not,
there's a time when it's, it's time to move on. And so long as folks can do it in a way that limits the conflict, it, it, it's a process that some people can get through in a way that is relatively healthy. Yeah, even though we know divorce is painful, it can be the best thing in some cases. And if domestic violence or addiction are involved, it's very important to get out of that type of relationship. Later on, we will talk about how couples have gotten through this pandemic year successfully. Molly. I got an email yesterday morning from a young lady who uh, was My apologizing for not being the active and present, so on, so on. She said uh, that uh, her marriage was crumbling uh, to the point of physical abuse, and she had to leave her home immediately and wanted to be, quote, unquote, accountable of why, you know, this, that, and the other. So, um, as always, we, we, we put our pastoral hat on and, 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 um, Fortunately, she had brothers and sisters who were able to help rescue her just yesterday. These things are real. These things are happening. These, these things are happening. This series built to last. Mm -hmm. we, we wanted this to be something relevant, but something very, very um, basic in its DNA. In other words, no over-the-top preaching, no mystical and all of this other extra fluff and floss. We got to deal with the basics. And again, our challenge is always, how do you balance between people who are married, people who are not married, people who right. are widowed, people who you know, are, are parenting? So it's, we're trying to make this as comprehensive as possible. Uh, and again, I can't emphasize enough, not just on Sundays, because we won't have time to cover everything, but Thursday nights, I, I, I beg you, and I don't use that word often, but I beg of you, stop what you're doing. Make the investment. Yes. Make that a priority. Make the time. I'm tired of the phone calls and the text messages and all of the extra stuff. Either you're hungry or you're not. Either you want help or you're not. Because what we've learned over the years and what we've seen over the years is that people will come to church and they'll sing songs, they'll preach sermons, they'll look the part, be the part, act the part, but they're going home to a bad, toxic, crumbling situation. They don't want help, they don't want prayer, they don't want the word, they don't want counseling, they don't want to come to, but then when the wheels fall off, all of a sudden they're looking for empathy and sympathy and we're saying we had all this opportunity to help. So you got to some, somewhere in this equation pull yourself up. And, and, and participate in your, your own rescue, rescue. Yeah. all right? There's no embarrassment of any church in America, any church in this city. There ought not be any embarrassment of shame or anything that would guilt that says, I need some help, yeah. all right? And it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look good. But if you really want it, yeah. there, are, there are those here who will help and minister uh, to you. So with that being said, today start part one. Next Sunday will be part two. Um, uh, uh, the following Sunday, we're going to go kind of deeper and we'll talk about for better or for worse. How do you rebuild after failure in marriage? How do you build after frailty and falls in marriage? Do you even try to rebuild? I mean, there are a lot of dynamics that we'll look at, look forward to, and then we'll, we'll, we'll bring this to sort of a summit at the end and do something considered the state of black America in the family dynamics. And so there's a lot of things happening. Again, my wife and I with the team, we're focusing a little bit more on the couples. I've asked Sister Danette to come. And Sister Danette, would you come and come stand in the light? Come in the light, all right? Share with us uh, about the singles aspect of all of this. Would you all say good morning? Let's give Amen. a warm applause for Sister Donette. Right, wait, wait, hold up now, six feet, six feet distance, and somebody might be watching. Come on, turn around. There you go. Look at the camera. Okay, there you go. You there wonderful. you go. What, what? You look wonderful. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Good morning. Um, Just wanted to uh, let the singles know that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. um, the couples are married, they're married, and you have to go from single mm -hmm. to married. So we are having some fellowship, some Zoom fellowship specifically for the singles. The first one is on February 26th. And so we have invited Dr. Clarence Schiller. He is also known as the Love Doctor. Him and his wife, they have uh, a company called BLR that's building lasting relationships for over 35 years. So they're experts in this. He's also the expert on the Oprah Winfrey Love Show. And so he came highly uh, recommended. In fact, one of his colleagues is a member of our church, um, Brother Shears, if I can mention his name. So we want you to join 7 o'clock on February 26th to ask Dr. Schiller any question that you have pertaining your singleness or your life as a Christian single. And also on the, on the 5th of March, 
we're talking about finance in the single household. Okay, so because most of us here, especially in this church, we're single, we have our own business, we have our own homes, and um, we just need a little bit of one-on-one on, on that as well. And one of our members here, Sister Lucy Taylor, has her own business, Kaiser Financial Solutions. She will be our expert that night. Yeah. So join on March 5th at 7 p.m. on our Zoom with Sister Lucy Taylor that night to talk about finance. Um, is there anything else you need me to talk no, about? We want to say happy Valentine's Day to you. Thank you. Yes, Thank you very much. Right. And we're built to last, singles. Yes. We were built to last. Right. Okay? Thank you, Sister Donnie. Thank you. Well, come on. We'll tap, tap your hands. Thank, Thank you. All right. The pandemic and its impact on marriage and families. Marriages in particular have been put to the test as couples everywhere uh, try to navigate parenting, working, and running a household while learning how to manage stressors and situations they've never had uh, to deal with before. Arguments are common, right? Mm -hmm. So are harsh realizations, but the situations isn't going anywhere. But that's why we're here today. <laughs> Uh, while some couples are managing to make it through these times unscathed, others have experienced serious setbacks, as we just heard on the, on the video. All right. Okay. So, Pastor Sharon, what was it that really caused you to chase me when you chased me 28 years ago? I mean, not 28, uh, 28 years ago. Well, no, actually 30 years ago when we were dating. 30 I was minding my own business. Uh-huh. I was, uh, uh, I just gotten saved, been saved like two days, maybe three days, and I was just glory, in the glory cloud of the Lord, North Carolina A&T State University. You came in there as a Pentecostal young lady with long skirt on, no makeup, and you saw me in the cafeteria, and, and you said the Lord told you something. I, I don't remember how the story went, but maybe you can clarify that this morning. First of all, I told God, whatever you do, I do not want to marry a pastor. That's what I told God. I guess your prayers did not get answered that day. Well, actually, it did. So he came in the, in the library talking about how nice my lips were. Okay, this guy I saw in the Christian fellowship. I'm like, this guy really saved my, my lips. But let me say this. So, we, so you shouldn't have started now. But let me say this. It's amazing when you pray. I didn't pray for a Mike Stevens, but I prayed specifically for God to send me somebody with what he, the qualities he had, right? And I was very um, conscious of my lips. I felt they were big growing up. You know, your friends tease you, your face, your lips. And I would cover my mouth. And literally, this guy in the library, I saw at the Christian fellowships, was like, you have a beautiful smile, da, da, da. He was at a table, all like social distance, all the way to the other side, in the library. Now, mind you now, that's before you had braces, you got your teeth straightened and everything. Because back then, your teeth protruded and your lips kind of stuck out. But then, the Lord spoke. Amen. And do y'all see how God is blessed? I mean, the Lord has really, the Bible says he beautifies the meat with salvation. Pastor Steve. <laughs> but look what the Lord has done. I'm just saying. Do you want us to come in front of the, the saints today? Do you want us to cut it? Because he's blessed you too. I think you're yes, about 120 has. pounds lighter. About 120, 30 pounds lighter. Praise the Lord. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So he's blessed both of us. Glory. But anyway, I didn't chase him. Okay. But anyway, so God, let me say this. He brought this up. I don't know how we got from the pandemic impact of marriage and families to this. But, um, but anyway, so, so God uh, blessed us to meet. This guy was fired up for Jesus. Fired up. And literally, we, be, we were friends. Yeah. We were great yeah. friends. True. Talk about other girls. I mean, I would talk about guys that like me. And we started dating. I mean, literally, my list I had given God he fit those those boxes and it wasn't a crazy list like oh i want to for somebody perfect but i want somebody saved and really had a heart for god and he fit that mode so even when we go through things in our marriage i'm telling you all the thing that has kept us together for 28 and a half years is our friendship because mm -hmm. even those moments when i want to walk out the door yeah. it's like i have to get my friend back where god has called him because this is my friend now husband uh he may be lacking but friend Oh, this is my buddy. Hey, man. I talked to a pastor yesterday. Well, he may be watching. I talked to a pastor recently uh, with a uh, Ivy League background, and he said, Stevens, you know, one thing you and I both have in common, we've been graced and 
mercied by the Lord to have an opportunity to live the rest of our lives, yeah. the best of our lives for mm -hmm. the rest of our lives with our spouse. Yes. And, and, and that's through the uh, turbulence, the ups, the downs, and things that will probably would have derailed most people. And, and, and you know, I was in the parking lot at Walmart, and I, I thought about what he had said, and I said, you know, you're so correct. Um, you, you know, you're going to deal with something somewhere in your life eventually. And it may yes. not be the same area, but something's going to rock that boat to a place of just no oblivion. And you're going to have to make decisions. And it could be physical. It could be health. It could be mental. It could be, it's going to be something. But, but as my wife said, you know, we laughed. We were friends. We, we joked a lot. And part of, and I'm probably getting to the next message, but part of what the future holds is, you don't want to hurt your friend. You really want to realize, you know what, God, if you really are a member of broken hearts, which he is, why not ride that anointing and grace until the Lord comes back and wraps us the church? Now, I, I'm going to get back on target, so forgive me for asking that. What I really was going to ask you to do is all y'all need to ask one another how y'all really meet and whose story is the truth. Because everybody has a version of how you met, who chased who, and all that. Are so, you going to you know, that you pursue me? Yes, yes, I'll fix it later, okay. So in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, the book of Ephesians chapter 5, and let me do this real quick. Multimedia team, excellent job. Would you all, let's, I mean, the lights, the sound, thank you, Brother Crawford. David Dye, Bria, everybody, Sister Khalila, Brother Reggie, everybody who's working multimedia today. One more time, guys, help me thank God for that, because you all know the video, everything was synced up. Thank you all for your hard work and the spirit of excellence upon that department. Ephesians 5 is a book written by Paul, obviously. It's considered one of those prison correspondences. So he wrote it in a prison cell uh, in Rome, 64, 62 AD, I believe it was. He really gets to the heart from a very cold, dark, damp prison and he, he does something he, 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 he didn't often do. Paul does not talk a lot about marriage. He doesn't. He doesn't talk a lot about husband and wife. And why is this important? Well, he had the equivalency of not one, not two, but three earned PhD degrees. He writes two-thirds of the entire New Testament. But he really doesn't have a lot to say about marriage. We do find some, some fragments here in Ephesians chapter 5. That's why this is so important. Um, before we get to the husband-wife piece, he gives us something to really think about in verse 15 and verse 17. He says, see then that you walk circumspectly, right? Not as fools, but walk as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Because the days are evil. Yes. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I think everyone in this room would, would subscribe and say, yes, we want to know. We want to understand what the will of the Lord is. He talks to the wives. Now, why did he add talk to the wife first? Not really sure. But he, his, not his, excuse me, he, he, he deals with the wife first, then the husband. He says, yes, wives, uh, hey, respect or submit. And that's a word that starts with S that we don't often preach anymore in the church for whatever reason. But he said, wives, submit or <clears throat> let's equate it to respect your husband. First uh, Corinthians chapter one, verse 11 and eight. For the man is not from the woman, but woman came from man. Nor was man created for woman, but woman was created for man. Mm -hmm. That scripture alone we could preach for the rest of the year. That scripture keeps you silent. It's in the word. We know it's Bible. But that's, that's kind of hard to reconcile in 2021. But there was something about the divine order that God gave Paul to give the husbands and wives. So with that being said, wives, the number one thing, and thank you, Pastor Aaron, for bringing the book called Love and Respect. The number one commodity, the number one prize you could ever give to your husband disrespect disrespect come on brothers help me out don't leave me hanging come on brothers help me out yes we have a need and a list of another thousand and twenty things but there's nothing on that list greater than just respect and I want to I told you earlier I want to give you five signs five signs of what it means to be disrespectful, right? We say husband, wife, uh, submit to your husband, then respect your husbands, right? 
uh, five signs. Number one is how you communicate. We talked about that a little bit. How you come across, how you say what you say. Have any of you all ever said something, ladies, you, to your husband you meant well? <laughs> And they flared up, and you're like, uh, what did I say wrong? What did I do wrong? Sometimes it's how you said it. And that can go both ways, communication. Number two, be it bullying and manipulation, manipulating, playing games. That's a sign of disrespect. Just playing games, um, not being honest about where you are and how you feel. Um, and a lot of times we don't want to be confrontational. So we'll play games. We'll lie about how we feel because we don't want to confront um, uh, uh, what's really bothering us. So we'll play games with our spouse. Number three, um, not setting boundaries. Your, your, your husband may say, I want to go here, I want to do this with the guys, or wherever. And you're like, so where are you going? When are you coming back? What's this? And, but let me say this. If he's, for some reason, um, um, lost respect, caused you to lose respect for him, that's one thing. But mm -hmm. he hasn't crossed those boundaries. But you're always questioning what he's doing, where he's going. And then if, if he has uh, crossed the boundary in your marriage or hurt you, some years from now, how do you build that trust again? How do you build that trust again? So you have to go over boundaries. What's okay, what's not okay? You know, you're on the phone talking to your mom. Who you been talking to for that long? You understand what I'm saying? And instead of, now when you first get married, you're like, <laughs> you're like, um, I'm talking to mom, I'm talking to this, I'm talking to that. But as you grow, as you've been married for a while, it starts to bother you. But set those boundaries early on. And if you've been married for a while, you, it's never too late to set boundaries. So we said uh, signs of disrespect, communication, bullying, manipulation, boundaries. We can go deeper with this, and I can give you all this because we, we have some ground to cover. Number four, not giving someone the space they need. I hit on that four. And then number five, selfishness and uh, is another huge sign of disrespect. Just being selfish. Always looking at what you want and what you want to get and not uh, considering your spouse, doing things without worrying about your spouse first. I know I went over those kind of fast, but those are signs uh, of disrespect. And I'll do this. When we use the word respect, you know, as, as husbands, I'm sure there are a couple of who say, Pastor, help them understand yeah, what, what does, respect means. That's good. What does it mean yes. to respect? Well, you, you got spec to see, read, to do over. How do you, how do you really see that husband? And of course, I know we hear people say all the time, respect is not given, respect is earned. And I believe that. I believe right. that we should earn that respect. But I also believe that respect is given until it's lost. Until it's yes. lost. And as my yes. wife noted, yes. when it, once it is lost, you have to rebuild you that again. There's no get out of jail card. There's no um, uh, waving of a magic wand and you got it in, in instantly. That, that doesn't work that way. It's going to take time, effort, energy, ups and downs. But what, what Paul writes and says this in Ephesians 5.22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, as to the Lord. Somewhere in the church dynamics, we've seen wives submit to the pastor, submit to the board, submit to the praise team, submit to the Lord, but she won't go home and fry no fried chicken for her husband. Um, right? That's true. She, she has no problem volunteering at the outreach. She has no problems working with all of the auxiliaries in the church, but the house is not clean at home. And hubby at home saying, you know, it'd be kind of nice if you kind of, you know, let the church alone a little bit, come on home and, you know, uh, feed your own kids right now. Not just somebody else's kids, or total strangers. So he says, as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife and also as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, let wives be to their own own again there's that emphasis to their yes. own husband it's not that wives can't be submitted the spirit of submission is in you mm -hmm. you were born with the dna to submit whether it's a job whether it's the, the group out night out with the ladies whatever it is you've got that in you but the challenge is can you bring that home to your husband and when you can't we see it as disrespect not necessarily appreciation, not necessarily affirmation, but something has not wired in our heads because we don't sense that you respect because we see all of this, but you're not bringing it to me. That's respect. That's good. All right. All right, I want to talk a little about, about husbands loving your wives. Husbands love your wives. Uh, the word of God says, um, Ephesians 5 and 33, Nevertheless, let each 
one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Um, the Bible also talks about husbands love your wife even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself mm. for it. Husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That's a tall order. Yeah. That's a tall order. How many husbands are willing to die for their wives? Wow. I know you used to be when you dated. I will fall on the sword for you. I'll put my coat on the puddle for you. <laughs> but after all these years, how many of you all like, I still feel the same way? Right? Mm-hmm. What would you say, Pastor Steve? Absolutely. Um, but it said, as Christ loved the church and gave himself. What did Christ do for the church? He died on the cross. Mm. Died Good for point. the church. Good point. What does that mean? It made, he made himself of no reputation. And verse 28 and 29 says, men should love their wives as their own bodies. Amen. Uh, he that loves his wife loves himself. Amen. Wow. For no man ever yet hate his own flesh, but takes care of it. Ooh. See, the thing to me to my husband, we were best friends, but I did notice how sharp he carried himself. I've never liked the guy who liked to show all his bodies and muscles and not 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 yeah, all that. You right, have muscles right. though, but Ed, what'd you say? I mean you have muscles. <laughs> Praise God. But anyway, I always liked a sharp dressed guy. And he was just so different in how he carried himself to be a college student. He was very sharp. So he took care of himself. So how much more, and I like nice things, so how much more when we got married. He's not, I'm not going to look, he's not going to be carrying himself looking nice and I'm looking like I'm shopping at the dollar store. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's an imbalance. Uh, but how many of you all men, you love yourselves. How many of you all, how y'all, many of y'all know men, they love themselves. Right? So he said, husbands, love your wife like your own self. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. God used marriage as an example of Christ and the church. That is huge. And when we read about the disparity in the black families and the back black community, if we live the word, because guess what? If we obey the word, there are no shortcuts. Mm. There are no shortcuts. If we look at this Bible and say, God, I see your word. Help me to live this out in my life. That's how we make it in marriage. No matter what you go through, because you're going to go through. But no matter what you go through, you can make it. If we say, God, the wife, like God, help me to submit to my husband. What does that mean? Help me to submit my will to his. We have a decision to make. Let me go under him. I'm going to talk to him about it. What's the, who's the ultimate decision maker? The husband. Now, now, you know, again, this, we want this series to be very organic and yes. yet, yet submitted to the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, with that being said, question number two. Here's another question from the online community. What do you do when you feel, Pastor Sharon, what do you do when you feel that your spouse and let's just say word husband right now. What do you feel when your husband is not pulling his own weight? Mm -hmm. What do you do if you feel like your husband is not pulling his own weight? First of all, I feel you're a Christian wife, okay? You should give it to God in prayer and say, God, help me to communicate to my husband a certain way that, you know, you're not helping me. You're not pulling your load. I'm going through. We're about to lose this because of you, right? I mean, I can go back to my childhood and see how my dad was with my mom, but she wasn't a Christian. So even now, being married to my stepdad over 30-something years, she's like, if I would have been a Christian woman, I would have known how to treat your, treat your dad who was not a Christian, who was an alcoholic, who wasn't carrying his weight. So I would say, first pray, God, help me to communicate to my husband what I need to tell him. You're not pulling your weight. You need to, we have this going on. This bill is lacking. And also, wives, help your husband get where he needs to be. We're his help meet. I just have a problem when I see wives got it going on in corporate America. Their husband, he may be the guy who works in the, who, who, who is a um, blue collar. Blue collar. Okay, blue collar worker. Because some blue collar, if you own your lawn care business or whatever, you fix cars, you can make good money. But he may not make a lot of money being a lawn, in the lawn care business or fixing cars. But help him have his own business. Can you help him, give him a vision and work with him to have his own business? Because so yeah. many times I see wives, they're soaring and their husband's struggling. But can you help him get where he needs? You're the help meet. You're the help meet. So again, pray about how you come across. Because if you don't pray about how you come across, it's going to be an explosion. And I'm speaking from experience, okay? I'm telling you what I know. 
Just how you come across. The Bible says speak the truth in love. And so wise, I would encourage you. He's not pulling his weight, but are you communicating what you want, what you need? And let me say this. Stop letting other women speak into your ear about your spouse and what he's not doing and what you shouldn't take. Because I guarantee you when he step away from you, she probably going to be right in his face. And guess what? Sally may go help him get the job and get the business, and they're going to have it going on, and you're going to be sitting there sour, working and making your money by yourself. All right. On that note, let me speak to the husbands. And uh, somewhere in... I'm sorry, go ahead. I, said, I hope nobody's name is Sally May. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord, this should not... <laughs> Stop. Sally what's the name? Oh, but he, you're looking for... Some, but... Um, but ladies, do y'all get what I'm saying? We got to help our spouse instead of putting them down. How do you stay mad? How do you get a husband? Listen, be sweet. <laughs> be kind. Prepare yourself to, get, to uh, uh, get ready for that man that you're believing God for. You can't be nasty, ill, and act stuck up and think somebody's going to come in your face. Come on now. And don't be phony. Like we said, don't be a manipulative as a girlfriend. As a potential wife, you dating somebody, you playing, you, oh, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, and you know you, you, you going through inside, you want to go off, you want to cuss the man out, but you being phony to get him. So when you get married, you got to live with it, now what? Because I'm telling you, it's totally different. You can stay with somebody, no, that's not the will of God, but you can stay with somebody, stay with somebody, but when you say I do and you make covenant, it's a whole different warfare. Amen. It's a whole different warfare. Let's take it back to the pandemic. So we're here in what, March? I'm sorry, February 14th, Valentine's Day. We're right at that whole year, 12-month benchmark. What has the pandemic done for couples and marriages? What has, uh, what impact, what effect has it had? Three um, uh, pandemic problems confronting marriages today. Uh, number one, having now, now the emphasis, now to deal with dormant issues. Issues that used to kind of you know, be on the side, issues that were sort of under the rug, issues that, you know, wouldn't have time to deal with. Well, now that you're in quarantine, you're working from home, she's working from home, the kids are home, and now you're faced, you're forced to face so many things that over the last several years, you just kind of roller skated through. Yep. In fact, for certain couples, quarantine revealed just how much of the relationship may have been constructed around other activities, whether it was travel, social gatherings, children's activities, all such things kept many couples busy, made it easier for them to avoid facing issues that weren't working. In fact, let me take it a step further. The pressure brought on by this pandemic is significant. And for couples who have not yet had to deal with major crisis, it brought on considerable stress and created serious cracks and fissures, uh, fissures uh, in the foundation, a.k.a. now you got to face some yeah. of the things you've been avoiding, right? You just can't jump on a plane to be gone for a week. Uh, you just can't use soccer mom practice as an excuse of not dealing with things you're now facing in your home. That is problem number one. You wanted to get 1 Corinthians, I think, chapter 13, uh, chapter 3. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 through 13 talks about, according to the grace which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed of how he builds on it. Like in your relationship, starting out, how, how was the foundation built in your relationship? Was it a friendship? Was it just sexual starting out? How did you build, how was your foundation built? For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, which is with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become clear. For the day will declare, do y'all think the pandemic season declare what what kind of work uh, your foundation your marriage was built on because it will be revealed by fire it will be revealed by fire and fire will test each one's work of what sort it is so this pandemic has literally uh, shook the foundation and like my husband just talked about the cracks what cracks were in your marriage what was there that you never dealt with you never uh, uh, feel those cracks this season is showing it and the foundation, it has to be Christ. It has to be Christ Jesus in order to make it. It has to be Christ. And by his grace, you see how grace sure is. By his grace, mm -hmm. we've made it. Because yeah. what have been some of the challenges we've faced in this pandemic, Pastor Stevens? Huh? Wait, we had any challenges in this pandemic? 
challenges in pandemic. Mm -hmm. Well, for, for starters, we were supposed to be empty nesters. Yeah. And I had the whole schedule laying out where we were going to go, what we were going to yeah. do, and the date. And, and then, you know, and, and if you all recall, we were, we were living in a very small apartment. Yes. And um, uh, the walls started caving in. That was a challenge. Uh, I'm going to hit the, 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 the number two and three was sort of our challenge. We were doing everything from a very small apartment. We had two offices seemingly at the kitchen table. Um, we, it was noisy, um, you know. You know, we're trying to respect each other's space and kind of leading them to the next part. Mm -hmm. But those were challenges for me in this pandemic. I, you all know we, we, we travel, we, we go places, and we can't go anywhere now. Um, uh, okay, you know, we're stressed out. Let's just go out to dinner. Well, you can't because the restaurants were closed at one time. And so there was just a lot of things. And then on top of that, you deal with the stress of the ministry, you deal with the unknown and the future right. and the building and this and that. And it, it was it's a lot. And then somehow or another, you got to find a way uh, to talk to your spouse. Yes. To not bleed on her, to not stress out on her. I'm still doing things for our, our fellowship jurisdiction. I'm doing things on the national church. I'm teaching at ORU, and then I come doing home, and there's a lot going on. And I love being busy. And I told my wife yes. in the season, there's nothing like being busy. I'm actually a better person mm -hmm. when I'm occupied, when I'm busy, when I really have no time for grass to grow under my feet. You know, and I think most of you all might, might agree with that, but at the same time, we have to find time for each other. And that could have been a struggle, not finding that quality time because we're all over the place in this season. And even though we're in a small place and we're right beside each other, we were still very busy. Yeah. You were still very busy. So yeah, it, it's been a challenge, that, that moment of space and kids coming back home and just finding that time and not just going, 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 doing, doing, doing. Mm -hmm. but really talking and communicating. That leads to point number two and three. Before I do point two and three, let me just give you all a moment mm -hmm. to just think through, think where you're at in all this. Mm -hmm. What has been the stressors? Right. And, if, and if the first one wasn't, number two and three definitely going to be one for somebody. Mm -hmm. But what are your stressors? For those that are online today, listen again, um, there's really no bars hold in this atmosphere. You can share and talk and chat, ask your questions. Um, uh, if there are questions that are important and relevant enough, someone will get that to us. In fact, I've got my phone here. You can just text me from the multimedia room if need be. We'll answer that question. But you need to be thinking, processing yourself right now because this is not a show. No. We're not packaging this up for some TV program. This is real. This is on the floor, real deal. You got to take something home with you. You got to talk. All right. Number two, the unknown and unresolved fears of financial stress. The unknown, yes. the unresolved fears of financial stress, even the best of times, financial worries can plague a marriage. Add unemployment, yes, shuttered businesses, yes, garnish wages into the mix, and it is no surprise that even our most strongest couples feel some type of strain. Here's a quote worth reading. Unemployment has skyrocketed. Many people continue to feel worried about losing their jobs. Money issues are one of the top sources of conflicts in relationships. My wife's asked the question, how do we handle that? And, and this is no churchy answer. This is the word of God right yes. here. Philippians 4 and 6. Write it down. Philippians chapter 4, verse, verse six. 6. Be anxious but for nothing. nothing. Okay? One version says, don't worry about a thing. Another version says, uh, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about a thing. Um, but be, everything by prayer and But in everything with, with prayer. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Everything, everything. with prayer. Not some things. Everything. 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 With prayer. So let's go back to Philippians 4 again. Mm -hmm. Be anxious for nothing. If you don't memorize in your memory verse of the week scripture, if you memorize nothing else, you have to have this scripture. In, uh, 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 you, you have to have the scripture in the palm of your hand. Amen. Be anxious for nothing, mm. but with prayer, prayer, prayer and everything, with supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So what does that tell you now? Number one, God has no problem hearing your request. He wants you to bring it to him. Come unto me, all you who are weary, heavy laden, I will give you rest. Yes. Learn from me. I'm gentle yes. and lowly. Take my yoke. The word yoke is teaching. Take my teaching. Take my work upon you. And I will give you what you need. But notice Philippians 4, 6. Let's look at verse 7. And what does the promise come from God? Uh, uh, and and the, peace. the peace of God shall surpass all understanding. understanding. It will guard not only your heart, but, but guard your, your mind. mind. Now notice, Amen. Bible didn't say he's going to answer the prayer. He didn't say he's going to answer the request instantly. 
He didn't say, that's not the promise. The promise is, if you pray to me, I'm going to do it for you. That's not what Philippians 4 says. What it says is, if you pray, I will give you a peace. Yes. So whether yes. I answer the prayer or not, you're going to have some peace. Amen. Whether I do it on Friday or I do it a month from now or a year from now, I will cause you to go to bed at night, wake up in the morning, drive your car, and not have to worry about a thing. Mm -hmm. To me, that is the answer to prayer. Yes, yes. Okay? Yes, yes, the mortgage is behind. Yes, we're facing foreclosure. Yes, you're facing repossession. Yet, you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. But God says, you know what? Hallelujah. Peace is not the removal of bad things. Peace helps you navigate. And that's what our marriages need. Amen. We need some help Amen. navigating Hallelujah. with peace in, uh, in this season. Number three, real quick, and Sharon, I want you to take, out, take it after this. Number three, sharing the office space that we call home. That's already self-explanatory. I won't spend a lot of time yes. there. But at the end of the day, you've had to learn how to put your, put your Zoom uh, outfit on. Y'all do have a Zoom outfit, right? Uh, button shirt up, shorts uh, down, right? Uh, suit and jacket are tie up, so and some pajamas uh, down, right? Uh, 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 would you say cashmere? No, I'm not going to say that. No, no, no. Because he was going to take it. No, he, he would think it's something a little bit extra than that. Suit and tie up, and, Don't you and say I'm that. not going to say it. So anyway, so you've learned how to not talk over each other, right? My son's working third shift right now. I'm in the office having a Zoom meeting, and he upstairs, and, 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 and shh, don't be so loud. Ah. This is my house here. You, you, wait a minute. Get loud as I want to right now. But so you try to be considerate in yes. all of these things. Yes. You're competing for space, resources, quiet time, and that alone can be undoubtedly stressful. Amen. Amen. All right. Five things every couple can do today. And we only want to do two today. We can only do two. two. All right. All right. Number one, maintain awareness and recognize the stressors. Recognize when you're stressed out. Amen. Know that you are not alone. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. You're not the only one going through. Um, many marriages are experiencing stress and strain, as we've already said, during this season. Know that you're not alone. You're not the only one going through this. Uh, sometimes this is a time to reset your marriage. I, I think about what I've gone through during this pandemic, um, just having to just look at everything. It did feel like the walls were like literally closing in that little place. Thank God during COVID, God bless us to move out that place. Glory. Um, but it felt, felt like the walls were closing in. But just to be able to communicate and just see where I was personally, because I just had a moment of like, what, what, what? He like all over the place in that little place, calling on different calls. And I'm like, okay, God, I need you to show me where I need to be in this season. I know he's doing 50 different things, but what have you called me to do? Me, personally. So just take an inventory of yourself, that kind of eliminates the, the stress, but no, you're not alone. That God has, uh, God is in control of this season, God made, created this season, he allowed this season, amen? Um, he allowed it, I wouldn't say God created, but he allowed it, amen? So know that he's in control, again, make this a time of reset, your personal life. Some of you all have written books, amen? Yeah. You've done some great things, you started businesses, amen? Yeah. Uh, uh, realize God wanna bless you in this season. Uh, one more thing, regardless of how well a couple gets along or their, or their situation at home, at home, a pandemic is a stressful experience, realize that, and can undermine the best relationships, um, says uh, Thomas Bradley, PhD, a clinical psychologist. Realize that when you're going through it, don't mean your marriage is, is not strong or that it's about to end, but you're, you've been in a pandemic. You've had to face some stuff you didn't, you never had to face before. But thank God you 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 made it through, and you're gonna make it through, right? You've made it through, and you're gonna make it through. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our last point, and we'll have to find a stop because of the time. Number two, number two, and again for those of you that are just joining us, for those of you that are uh, taking notes, five things every couple can do today. Mm -hmm. We can spend all day long identifying the problems, mm -hmm. but what are you gonna do about it? And we make sure that as we teach, and part of our teaching philosophy is not just to identify the stressors, but what are we going to do today? Give me something palatable. Give me something practical. Give me some scripture, because that's what the faith and the confidence is, yes. is knowing, right? Yes. Uh, so, again, number one was, was, was what? Know that you're not alone. Know that you're not alone. Use Maintain awareness reset. of recognizing the stressors. Yes. You have to use this time to reset. Here's number two. Check your anger levels. Mm. Check your anger levels what does that mean well my wife quoted a scripture a minute ago uh be angry 
and sin not. Mm -hmm. So there is some sense of license and some sense of expectation that we do get angry. Many, many of you all, um, like us, I, I started to say you, but like us, you come from backgrounds where it can get kind of loud and heated. Okay, my family. You know, that's what, that's what I meant. Yeah, oh, okay, that's yeah, what I meant. Okay. But then I grew up also in that type of house. And, and I woke up at 4 5 in the morning hearing mom and dad well, we weren't disagreeing and we arguing. We were just talking loud. Who? My, my, the women in my family. We just talked loud. You can say that again. You can say well, that we again. Now. I know you weren't fussing, just loud. Just loud. You know, just. Did everybody got hearing problem in this house? I mean, good <laughs> Lord. When we were dating, I would go down from, from uh, Greensboro down to Candle. We in the, uh, in the house, and it's 18 of them in the room in the kitchen. Up. They all talking on top of each other. I'm just sitting there like, so this is really what you want to be. And you married. And I married, praise the Lord. So, you know, we all have some type of something that we brought in from our but background. You your background. Yeah, and, 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 you know, my dad was very loud. You know, I've never seen physical violence at all, thank God, but I heard it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I figured, hey, the way to handle it is to get loud and I'm the man of the house and this, that, and the other. And then you found out after years that that really didn't work, right? It really didn't work. And then on top of that, you're supposed to be the Christian. Yep. Now, if you come in our home, you got two preachers, so when we fuss, we kind of like Pastor Tim and Pastor Tony. When we fuss, we preaching and fussing at the same time. And didn't I tell you? Mm-hmm, same man, yeah. And so, you know, then she really? go, and then she bring her voice, and she start the squalling and going on, and, you know, all that stuff. So, really? you know, we just, that's just who we are. But the reality is, when is it okay to be angry? Because anger is a second emotion. Yes. Anger is only yeah. the, the manifestation of something that's What's deeper really inside. Deep. What's really deep. Yes, so now is. that we deconstruct that, mm -hmm. let's get past the mm -hmm. sensation of being loud and saying mm -hmm. words we shouldn't be saying and all of that stuff. And why are you feeling the way you're feeling? Wow. That leads to point number two. Wow. Let me give you a couple of quotes, by the way. Number one, um, communication and feelings is always important in a relationship, but angry confrontations can be disastrous, says Denver clinical psychologist Susan Heitler, PhD, author of from conflict to resolution skills and strategies for individuals couples and family therapy she teaches her patients the couples in couples counseling to see anger as a stop sign in other words when you've gotten to a point you're using words you shouldn't be using a lot of mm, but what no amens yeah uh thank you sir when you well you know not only curse words and those and but we but the bible says blessed and blessed and curse yeah. not but being condescending yeah you know being condescending you're saying stupid. things you're just dumb. You're just stupid. stupid. You're just like your daddy. You just, oh, how about what? I mean, just whatever. Just like your mom. Okay, yeah, all that stuff. Okay. Condescending. <laughs> now you cross the line because yeah. you're not attacking the problem, you're attacking the, the person. person. Okay? Um, how have we dealt with it, Pastor Steve? And I don't think, huh? How have we dealt with it? Uh, prayer. So I don't believe there's a person or a couple in this room who hasn't had a, an unfortunate moment of outburst. He's telling the truth. Honestly, Amen. Um, it yeah. took me years to hear my wife say, stop, stop being condescending. It yeah. took me years. Okay. Um, because I didn't see that. I, I called it constructive criticism. But how many of us know there's really no true thing of, there's really no true no. word constructive criticism. It's criticism. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you're stressed out, you really want to go off on everybody at the job. You want to go off everybody on the team. You want to go off everybody everywhere, you but you can't. Home. But now in this COVID-19, yep. you ain't got but one person to go off on. That's your spouse. Yep. And that's not good. Let me keep reading this uh, quote. Uh, quote, first, check your emotional state and the tone of your voice that is going to emerge with it. She says, if you're angry, bring yourself down with a drink of water. <laughs> take a few deep breaths, a distraction. Remember Amen. your partner's good qualities, gratitude. Somebody say, oh, the Hades with all of that. <laughs> I'm going to tell it like I need to tell it. And okay. once those words go okay. out, you can't take them you back. You cannot take them back. It wounds. It discourages. Is that right? I take them back. So, so let's get to the meat. Let's get to the get meat of all of this. Meat. What are we saying here? Yeah. Um, there's a reason why I'm upset. Mm -hmm. But I pray that at 51, verses 31 or yes. 41, I now can sit down over a cup of coffee and say, hey, here's what's bothering me. Remember those five regrets a couple of weeks ago from the nurse in Australia? Mm -hmm. One of those biggest regrets was I wish I would have expressed how I felt more often. I'm living that today. I'm literally saying to myself, you got to get to a place where you're expressing yourself in a very proactive, uh, healthy way and not harbor feelings and like a time bomb explode when the keg is lit yes. and everything comes out. Yes. My wife has a statement she said over the years and she was right. She says, I like when you're angry because you talk more when you, you, you really share what you, what's on your mind when you're upset. 
Remember saying that? I do. Say it again. Tell them what you meant by that. Um, sometimes until they get really upset, they don't share that. They share their heart. They say things you're like, um, so when did that happen? Where did that come from? When did this occur? How long you been thinking this? They really share their heart. So I don't think I purposely get you angry, but that's when the truth comes out. But now, like you said, after 20, 20 and a half years of marriage and going through, woo, Lord, Hades and back, um, we're learning how to express ourselves better without being angry. And I, and I want to share this with you. I was sharing with a sister the other day. You were dealing with some stuff a few days ago, and you responded to me like kind of just short and whatever. And I, I caught myself about to say something, and I literally, the Holy Spirit what reminded were you say? me. <laughs> I was just gonna say, you know, I don't know. Okay, leave it alone. I don't know. No, no. You get on my nerves. No, I don't no, know no, what no. I was gonna say. But but literally, but but the Holy Spirit, he, I, I stepped away, and he and he just reminded me, hold it, before you respond, uh, overcome evil with evil. Mm. What is he dealing with? What's on his mind? Don't just say something. Look at the whole picture of it all. Right? Look at everything. And so is he responding to you or is it the situation he's going through? Because a lot of times it is the situation we're going through. It's not, it's not what you've done. It's not what you said. But he's, it's a second emotion and it's what he's dealing with. So I've, I've, I've just seen in this COVID season, which has been a, a major stressor, God dealing with me to say, wait a minute, catch yourself and just watch how you come across because it's hard for everybody. And like he said, yeah. everything in prayer, everything in prayer. Because we've had our moments of being loud. We've had our moments of just, we've had all those moments in this season. And, and let me say, having a daughter really caused you to, she, mm -hmm. she sees everything, right? Yeah. Having a daughter a like, oh, daddy, yeah. you hear yourself say that, daddy. Stuff that I didn't hear. I didn't, I didn't know it, but she heard it. So I thank God for just these moments of checking ourselves. Because God does not allow. He didn't bring COVID. This is from the enemy. But God allowed it. Uh, anything, but he puts us in a place to get us to a certain place as couples, as families, to talk and to deal with stuff, and to deal with stuff. We was telling one of our kids, I was telling him, I said, listen, where you are now, God, every one of our kids, I said, God allow you to go through these moments because he's taking you somewhere. He's getting us somewhere, church. Amen. He's getting us somewhere in this season, even to make our marriages stronger. Amen. Yeah. Even to make our marriage stronger. Our time is up for today. Yes. And uh, we are going to put a stop right here, and we'll pick it up Thursday night. Let me give you just sort of a, of a, a um, an idea of where we're going Thursday night. Obviously, we, we don't meet in person on campus on Thursday nights, but we will be online. And uh, number four, five, excuse me, number three, four, and five are what you can do right now. Number three is remember the love. Remember the love. You're going to have to purposely go on a journey. And remember how you fell in love, yes. why you fell in love, mm -hmm. and why you're still standing to this day. Number four, make time for fun. Yes. Make time for fun. You're going to have to purposely go back, find those things that both people consider fun, right? Because you sitting there, brother, playing PlayStation three and four hours a day, she may not consider that being fun, right? Uh, uh, likewise, you curl up about a fireplace with a romantic book, listen to Beethoven, he may not consider that fun. But somewhere in your dynamics, you got to find those things that you both consider yes. Yes. as a de-stressor, first mm -hmm. of all, um, both engaged. And we'll talk about that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the purpose of finding a Christian therapist, a Christian counselor. I think that's important. Um, uh, uh, he or she, wherever you go, uh, sometimes it's good in the church, but most times it's not good in the church right. because you don't want the biases of an elder or a pastor or you want to go somewhere where there is no biasness, it's totally independent. But I do, we do believe, and many of you all do agree, that you can find a thorough quality yes. Christian yes. counselor that yes. doesn't sacrifice from the academia or the practice and the like. Now, with those things being said, we want to pray with you. We, we don't want this to town to be about the Mike and Sharon Stevens show. This is not just, you know, here's some quotes we found online. This is impartation. This is real. Now, you, you, you can take this home today and be like, oh, whatever they say, we're going to keep doing us. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. No or you can say, you know what, let's, let's go for a nice walk. Yes. Amen. Let's stop at, at Starbucks before we go home and yes. just sit and have a cup of coffee. Talk. We need to talk about some things. And wives, let me just let you in on a secret.
And I've shared this probably with my wife at least once, if not twice, in 28 years. You know that soft answer thing? It really does work. Uh-huh. It really does work. Uh-huh. I don't care how how tempered, how hot, how mad, how uh, uh, that soft answer. Come here, boy. Put your head in my lap. Let's talk. Uh-huh. That works. Uh-huh. It really works. And, and if you understand that, you know what, fighting fire with fire, raising the level, raising the level, raising the boys, raising the boys, puff, puffy, 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 uh, that, that's, that doesn't work with a man's adrenaline. If anything, it just encourages him to step up even more. Yeah. But the Bible was right when it was written, and yes. it's right to this day. A soft answer. Yes. Return away wrath. You can get more.